The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. In-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. School will resume today at San Marcos' Goodnight Middle School after a heartbreaking loss. A car hit and killed an 11-year-old student Friday during drop-off in the morning. Thanks for joining us. I'm Tom Miller. I'm Sally Etnanda. Several school districts in Central Texas are now encouraging their students to wear purple and show of support of that school and the student's family. The student was hit in the school parking lot in the morning. No charges are expected to be filed against the driver. The school canceled classes after it happened. The school district says they will have counselors on site to help students and staff. Tough um, news to wake up to this morning. Certainly thinking about that student and uh, the student's family. It is 4.30. Hope you guys had a nice relaxing weekend. Thank you. You as well. Not too bad weather-wise either. A little cool on Saturday, but we finished up yesterday on the warm time. We're going to continue that train right into this week. Right now, that clouds and radar have looped this to kind of show you that very faint line of sprinkles. That's a cold front that's moving through, but don't expect any sort of major drop in temperatures behind it. In fact, Today's actually going to be even a little bit warmer than what we had yesterday. Live look outside from a Whittlesey Landscape Supplies weather camera there in Round Rock. There's a little bit of cloud cover up top. I haven't seen anything in the way of uh, fog that's going to cause an issue for you this morning. And those clouds will clear through this morning. We are on our way to a sunny sky later on this morning. Temperatures are in the 60s and 70s everywhere you look. 70 in Georgetown at the hour. Same thing here in Austin. Lower 70s out east. You'll find some 60s relatively cooler behind that front out over the hill country. Now, compare that to where we were yesterday. We're 15 to 20 degrees warmer over the I-35 in eastern counties. Now, this front, I think, will drop our temperatures just a little bit from where we are now, but it's not going to be cooler than anything we've felt recently. In fact, we're getting back to the 80s, and we're staying in the 80s for quite a few days. So get used to seeing that big old eight in front of that second number. And again, sunny skies, little bit of wind, though. That's going to be the one little hiccup, I think, for this, especially this morning, is some breezy to gusty winds that we're going to be watching for the first half of today. Coming up in your first morning forecast, unseasonably warm weather as we finish up February and start March. We are watching a late-week cold front. Unfortunately, I am expecting more wind than rain, but there also could be a strong to severe storm threat with that. So I'll fill you in on all those details. We'll stretch out that brand new seven day forecast for you coming up. Okay, thank you, Kristen. The mayor of Dallas is trying to get Austin police officers to move north. He is asking APD officers considering retirement to come work in Dallas instead. Yeah, pretty bold offer too. While Austin leaders try to keep officers in Austin and keep them from leaving. KXN Sarah Olshay tells us some believe more than 100 APD officers will retire in the next few months. The message is loud and clear from Dallas Mayor Eric Johnson to Austin police officers. We want and need you. Over the weekend, he sent out this tweet recruiting officers with APD who are thinking of retiring. That number keeps going up, according to the president of the Austin Police Retired Officers Association, Dennis Ferris. I think it's going to settle somewhere between 100 and 150. This comes days after the Austin City Council unanimously voted on Thursday to extend police salaries and benefits for officers if the current contract expires next month. Earlier this month, the council voted to go with a one-year 
five-year extension of the current contract rather than accept the tentative four-year deal that former city manager Spencer Cronk announced before he was fired. In response, police union leaders said they would rather work with no contract than support a year-long deal. Ferris says he wouldn't be surprised if APD officers took the Dallas mayor up on his offer. And they're going to go where they're wanted. They're going to go where they get respect, where they feel like they're they're getting respect, and that's just simply not happening in Austin right now. When speaking with KXAN after council voted on the one-year extension, APD Chief Joseph Chacon said officer retention is a critical issue, but that this extension is a short-term fix to that. I think that it can make a difference in whether they want to stay or not. Now, if it works or not, that, re that remains to be seen. Austin Mayor Kirk Watson says extending salaries and benefits until a contract can be worked out sends a message to officers that the city cares about them and wants to come to an agreement. Sarah Alsha, KXAN News. Now, with the number of officers leaving, Ferris that you heard from right there says it could take more than a decade for APD to get back to its staffing levels that we had back in 2020. Yeah. All right. Well, over the weekend, a jury sentenced an Austin man to 12 years in prison for murdering his stepfather. Court records show 31-year-old Richard Nunez pled guilty to the shooting death of his stepfather, later Vidal Diaz. That was in 2021. Police say witnesses report the two were fighting and it ended with Nunez shooting his stepdad. The state capitol will see hundreds of Texas nurses today rallying for policy changes. With the 88th Texas legislative session underway, several bills have been introduced to support nurses across the state. And this week, Texas rather legislators will hear from the voices behind those important bills as around 600 nurses express support of those bills. Concerns and some of the interests. The biennial nurse stay at the Capitol starts tonight and that's at seven. NASA's SpaceX launch is canceled for today. The mission was scrubbed with less than two and a half minutes to launch. SpaceX reports there was an issue with the chemical compound used to ignite the engines. The four person crew was set to lift off in the early morning hours from the Kennedy Space Center. It was heading to the International Space Station. There is no update yet on when the next launch attempt will take place. A new look to welcome you back to UT's Blanton Art Museum. We're going to preview some of the improvements, what you could see and when you could see them. And state lawmakers, what they're doing to make medical billing practices more transparent for Texans. It's the Blanton Museum of Art on UT that has released pictures of what that's going to look like after all the improvements are done. And it's ahead of the official reopening that's going to happen in May. So we can show you the new grounds, what they're going to look like. A canopy of three story tall petal like shade structures. You'll also see vaulted entryways to the museum's main buildings and pathways with plants native to central Texas. The museum will celebrate the renovated space May 13th. If you want to learn more about it, go to our website kxan.com and click on this story. A Texas judge expected to make a major decision on abortion, how that ruling could have a nationwide impact on a popular abortion pill. Why parents in Evalde are upset about security alerts that teachers are getting. There is a lot on the line tonight at Moody Center, including some big money. I've got more on that coming up. 
This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to shelfgenie.com slash Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. Good morning, everyone. Another live look from our Whittlesea camera over in Round Rock. You see I-35 right there. Traffic looking good. We have Erica Brennis who's back with a look at your traffic. Kristen has your weather after this. By giving them the information necessary to check and make sure that that amount is accurate is just the first step in maybe being able to limit the impact of some of this medical debt that is burdening these individuals and families. State lawmakers are working this legislative session on a medical billing fix after a KXAN investigation revealed hundreds of lawsuits piling up in a central Texas court filed on behalf of one local hospital. Several patients told us they didn't pay because even though they asked, the hospital wouldn't give them an itemized invoice to know exactly why they were being charged. For privacy reasons, the hospital wouldn't speak with us about specific patients, but we know filing collection lawsuits like this is legal. It's why we haven't named the hospital, which is located in Williamson County. Williamson County is also partly represented by a freshman lawmaker who says she's heard concerns from families financially impacted by medical debt. One of my favorite parts about the bill is not only does it have to show, you know, what the health care provider spent on your care, but it also has to be in terms that you can understand it. So if they gave you a Kleenex, it will have the Kleenex listed and the cost next to it. And it'll have how much your insurance is going to cover. State Representative Caroline Harris authored House Bill 1973. She says it would apply to all health care providers, doctors, hospitals, a clinic, anyone treating you. And right now you can request it, but a lot of times it takes forever to get it. It's just they, the process is so arduous. And so this bill just simply states before you pay a bill, you have to be given an itemized bill, just like you would be if you go to the grocery store. The bill is actually modeled after a similar Senate measure that didn't pass last session, but has been refiled this session as a companion to Representative Harris's bill. We spoke with the co-author of Senate Bill 490, Senator Paul Betancourt. And are you more hopeful this time around? This bill should have wide bipartisan support. It should have a lot of common sense, uh, you know, uh, recognition. And I think that it's got a very good chance of passing this legislative session. The bill says disciplinary action could be taken if a healthcare provider is in violation. Why include that measure? If you put out a bill and people refuse to do it, that means they're either unable or unwilling. Okay. Well, unable, they need to get it fixed. If it's a hospital billing issue, they should get it fixed. If they're just unable for some reason, you have to have a hammer that says, look, this is the law and don't violate it. Last session, the legislation met some pushback, namely the Texas Hospital Association, which expressed concern that providing itemized invoices for every patient's bill would be costly and time consuming. The association says it also opposes the new bill, but it's working with the authors to strike a middle ground that works best for patients. 
THA says hospitals are already required to notify patients of the rights to request an itemized statement and to produce them if requested. Over time, you know, they may actually save money if they're not spending, you know, seven, eight, nine months negotiating and trying to talk to the consumer and, you know, the consumer getting frustrated and trying to get that itemized bill before they're paying anything. We'll keep you posted on the progress of these bills. Until then, explore our complete interactive investigation on medical debt lawsuits online. And listen to our latest podcast featuring tips and resources. If your hospital sues you, just go to the medical debt lawsuit section on the investigative tab of KXAN.com. Abortion rights activists are waiting on what could be the most consequential ruling on abortion access since Roe versus Wade was overturned. As Ali Vitali reports, a Texas judge could decide to pull a popular abortion pill off the market nationwide. A new fault line in the battle over abortion access. This one centered on the so-called abortion pill. Both sides bracing for a Texas judge's decision that could restrict access to one of two drugs used to induce medicated abortion. Mifepristone is one part of a two-step regimen, long approved by the Food and Drug Administration and currently the most prevalently used form of abortion care in the United States, with overwhelming evidence that it's safe and effective. Most Americans could look in their medicine cabinet where they will find medication prescribed by a doctor that they use on a daily basis. Mifepristone is no exception to that process. The federal judge in Texas, appointed by former President Donald Trump, could render his ruling any day now, setting off a national chain reaction long anticipated by abortion rights advocates and the White House. In some states, particularly rural ones with limited clinics that present a travel barrier to care, limitations on the pill could be keenly felt. In states like South Dakota, where we met Nurse Misty last year, limits on the pill were already the next battle. Because it's not access at all. Claiming that those medications aren't safe just is so false. Here on the steps of the Austin Federal Courthouse, the national divide encapsulated. I think that this, as much as it's a small scene, is a very telling one. Like, this is what it looks like, right? This is the national debate playing out right now. It is the national debate, but at the same time, the majority of Americans, the vast majority of them, are pro-choice and pro-abortion. I believe chemical abortion pills are the next battle that anti-abortion Going in depth on this, the Texas Tribune reports on Friday, a federal judge ruled Texas cannot criminally charge those who pay for someone's out-of-state abortion. The judge also found that pre-Roe laws criminalizing the act of helping someone get an abortion may not be valid. A group of Round Rock students put their engineering skills to the test, designing a futuristic version of Austin that runs completely on green energy. Very cool here from Cedar Valley Middle School. The Future City Club designed this project. It's constructed out of 100% recyclable materials. Future City is a STEM program promoting engineering and sustainability skills for middle school students. Project got statewide attention taking third in a recent Texas Future City competition. Students hope their project inspires others to think about how to better conserve energy and protect the environment. I feel like people could be more aware by like just learning small things like maybe picking up trash or recycling or just taking the time to learn about climate change. More than 45,000 students from around the world participate in Future City projects each year.
Musicians from around the city got a spot in the limelight during the 41st annual Austin Music Awards last night. It was over at the uh, Mohawk on Red River Street for the first time and included performances by several Austin artists. We're so excited because we had people vote in the Austin Music Poll in January and tonight we get to announce the results that the public voted on and there's so many categories and we have some really big awards. Award categories including Song of the Year, Band of the Year, Best New Act, and more. And it's good to see it back. I know it was on pause, obviously, because of the pandemic. But mm -hmm. good to see them all gather in one place and give out the awards. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's a tough title to earn in the live music capital. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I mean, right? Of the nation. I love it. <laughs> Let me show you what's going on with your Monday forecast. You'll notice that faint little line of showers that's moving through the area. That's a cold front uh, that's attached to a stronger storm system that was bringing some severe weather to portions of the South Plains. We didn't see any of that. We are going to see some cloud cover behind it. This is the view from the Whittlesea Landscape Supplies weather camera there in Granite Shoals. But these clouds that we've got in the morning, those will clear out. And we're going to see plenty of sunshine today. Your temperatures as you're walking out the door in the 60s and 70s this morning. So it is a very mild start considering those temperatures should be running about 20 to 25 degrees cooler. Typical for the end of February or February or our 40s, I should say, in February. Uh, but the, the temperatures are going to be on our side this week. It's going to be unsafe seasonably warm. We are going to be battling some dry conditions though. You can already see those relative humidity levels plummeting out west. That's because of that cold front as it pushes through, it's going to bring some drier air behind it because we're still a little breezy to windy at times too. The wildfire danger is a concern. As you can see, we've got high to very high fire danger along and west of I-35. So that's where our eyes will be today. Uh, that's where we're most vulnerable for any wildfire that were to spark to spread rapidly. Temperatures in the 60s to the 70s. We're on our way to 82 degrees today. In fact, almost everybody in the upper 70s to low 80s. As that cloud cover clears this morning, it'll be nothing but sunshine for the rest of today. No storms, no rain. You can leave that umbrella at home. You will not need it today. So that morning cold front will pass. Sunny today, going mostly sunny for tomorrow. Then on Wednesday, maybe we get a couple sprinkles in the morning. I've put a 10% chance of rain ahead of our next storm system. System that's likely to come in on Thursday. That Pacific cold front's going to drag itself through the area. Most of this storm goes north, but that front could trigger maybe some strong to severe storms. We're already outlined with a 15% risk along and east of I-35. This will be probably later in the day, Thursday afternoon and evening. Basically, that's unless there's a 15% chance of a severe thunderstorm within 25 miles of any point. So we'll watch that closely. We've got some time to figure out the details. Until then, know it's low 80 80s today, upper 80s tomorrow. We hold on to those mid to upper 80s all the way through Thursday. Then our cold front comes in. 30% chance of storms and showers on Thursday with the windy conditions ahead of and behind the front. But we'll take off a good 20 degrees behind that front. So we go from 87 degrees on Thursday to 67 degrees on Friday. Sunny skies and 70s will take us into the weekend. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning to you. One last regular season home game for the UT women, and it's a big one tonight. Longhorns at Moody Center against Baylor after going to Oklahoma tied for first and coming away with one of the best wins of the season in college basketball. A 22-point win held them just 45 points, and now... 
After an emotional Saturday, they've got to turn the page for a game on Monday that could put them in at worst a share of the Big 12 title with a win. They know what it is. I don't need to bring it up again. It's to me, it's <clears throat> we've got two games left in the regular season and um, you know, we've got, we've got work to do. We have a lot on the line. I mean, you're talking about conference championships, you're talking about seedings. I mean, there's, we have a lot at stake and you know, I, I think they know all that. And uh, again, it's, we're going to have a great crowd. It's going to be a great atmosphere, but you got to keep them in the moment. And, um, you know, all that other stuff will create an excitement in them that I don't really need to add fuel to. 10,000 is the magic number. Vic Schaefer has pledged 10,000 of his own dollars. If they reach 10,000, then others have stepped up. And right now, the total is $140,000 set to be donated to the Neighborhood Longhorns program if, in fact, they can pack Moody. It's a little earlier start than normal, 6 o'clock, and then one more game after that at Kansas State on Saturday. Back to you. Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.